You know, guys, I'm a massive fan of uh, MMA, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what Dustin Poirier said back in September of 2019. I'll quote it. When he lost to Khabib, he said, if anything adversity's taught me in the past is when times are good, be grateful. And with times like this, be graceful. He went through adversity losing the championship match against Khabib, and the adversity taught him to be graceful. Well, today, our guest is going to be talking about his adversity. See, as a young athlete, he was cut from his middle school team two years in a row, and he then continued to put in the work going through adversity year in and year out and year in and year out, all the way up until now. I mean, he's going through adversity, adversity, adversity every single year, but he kept putting in the work, put his faith in the right places and put in the work himself. And then he broke a record for the college that he plays for. He's now a senior at Lycoming, and you want to hear this guy's story. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Guru! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. We are now very, very close to hitting 70,000 total downloads of the podcast. Uh, thanks in large part to everybody out there. Now, one of the biggest things I've, I've kept telling you guys in every single episode for the last four and a half, almost five years now, is please leave me a review of the show. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you happen to have an Apple device, like you have an iPhone or whatever it is, uh, make sure to go leave me a review on the podcast. The reason I ask that is because the more reviews we get, the more people this gets out to. That's the way the algorithm works on Apple. So the more reviews the show gets, the more people get to hear it, and the more people get to hear the stories of our guests. And uh, that's why I keep asking you that. But thank you to everybody who has been on the show, who has supported the show. We are hitting, we've hit 92 different countries, almost 70,000 downloads. We're going to celebrate when we hit 70,000. It's going to be super, super cool. So we have another story. Like I said in the introduction here, we have a story of perseverance and consistency and hard work and staying true to yourself. And we get to hear from our guest himself about this journey that he's been on. Um, and it's it's it hits home to me because I was what we call a late bloomer when I was in high school. Granted, that was 16 years ago. But when I was in high school, I was a late bloomer. You know, I didn't actually hit my peak till I was about 17, 18, but I was already graduated when I was 17 years old from high school. And so my, my athleticism and my skill set didn't actually peak until, you know, after my, my varsity year, my, my last year of varsity, uh, my senior year. This guest today is going to talk to us about his journey through the middle school ranks and just getting cut and having to stay true to himself and moving forward. His name is Matt Ilotigwe. I'm going to just say his first name, which is Matt. Um, and he's going to join us. He's, he's going to talk to us about his journey and share that with the rest of you guys. So, Matt, thanks so much for joining the show, brother. Thanks for having me on, Shane. It's an honor. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm stoked to talk to you, man. Um, talk to us about the college that you're at right now, though. It's uh, I don't Is it called Lycoming out in Pennsylvania? Yeah, Lycoming College, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, it's a small school, but it's a lot of great people here. Um, you know, um, yeah, small school from in Williamsport. Nice. Okay, so a smaller school out there, Lycoming College. I believe it's the Mac Freedom Conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. 
the Mac Freedom Conference, and just to educate the listeners, some might be casual fans, some might just be list, like the people who just listen to the podcast for the story. So we kind of want to give a little bit of a background on that, though. I never hate on small schools because anybody who has actually played sports, competed at any level, whether it's a junior college, it's a smaller school, whatever it is, understands that the next level of, of athleticism or athletics, I should say, is better than high school. That's what it is, and it's going to be difficult. So whether it's a small school or not, there are some hoopers, there are some athletes um, out there on all these on all these levels of basketball. There's so many hidden gems out there, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so talk to us about the type of competition you guys have, um, the schools that are involved in the conference real quick, so that we can get a little bit of a background and understanding of Lycoming and, and who your competition is right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like – and like you said, man, it's hoopers everywhere, no matter the, the division. Like you said, we play in a Mac Freedom Conference. Um, you know, schools like um, FDU, Fordham, um, who we play, DeSales, Stevens, and um, and actually we were in the Mac Commonwealth last last year. We just moved to the Freedom this year. Um, so, like, in that conference, you got Albright, Alvernia, Weiner, um, teams that are, like, like really good. I mean, Weiner, I remember, like, two years ago, they were ranked, like, top five in the country in, for D3. So, like, you know, definitely, you know, it's good competition. Um, and we've had our hands full um, in our, you know, runs the past two years. But uh, definitely, like, it, every night's a battle especially in conference play, like no one's just going to let you come in and uh, just walk all over you. Like it's a battle. Um, so yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a lot of competition, a lot of talent at like combing and in these other schools that we play. I dig that. I want all the listeners, especially the ones that I coach, you know, the 16, 17 year old kids that I'm coaching right now to understand that, you know, we're out here in Idaho, the other side of the country, but um, some kids have that mentality of, oh, it's D1 or bust. And I'm like, no, nah, listen, like <laughs> realistically, if you're under six foot two, it's going to be very difficult to make a D1 school. That's just reality of it. Not saying it's impossible. I'm, I will never tell a kid it's impossible. But I want them to understand that it's not the worst thing in the world to go to a smaller school. You're going to have hoopers everywhere. You're going to mm-hmm. elevate your game everywhere. There are so many, there, there's just so much talent across the board, across the country. So I'm glad that you you brought that up. Now, Matt. We're going to rewind the clock real quick about your experience. So li- those who are listening, they're going to be like, okay, I know m- there's a story here. So let's get to that story. You weren't – your path if, – if somebody was just looking at your path back when you were in middle school, they would never have imagined you being where you're at today playing college basketball. So let's talk about your, your days growing up, um, and you had gotten cut from your middle school team not once but two times. But I want you to explain that to us. And how that affected you as a young man, because a lot of us as young men, that, that's kind of when, you know, some of those kids who have been playing their whole lives, if they start getting cut in their middle school team, that's kind of when they veer off of athletics. You know what I mean? They kind of say, yeah. okay, here's the reality that's setting in, and they kind of go a different route, whereas other guys go continue to compete. How did that affect you back then, and how did you keep going? Yeah. So, you know, middle school – I was a, uh, I was short, small, uh, I was a late bloomer. Like I was one of the shortest kids in my school. Um, I, I feel like I had talent, but it was easy to overlook me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I got cut my sixth grade year. Um, I felt like I was okay. You know, like before, um, sixth grade, I played in elementary school, just 
you know, at the local Y, MCA teams and stuff like that. But yeah, I got cut my sixth grade year. And then seventh grade year, I, you know, I was for sure thought I was going to make it. You know, that summer I knew I, I trained, I put in the work. But I think I made it to the last cuts and I ultimately got cut. Um, and yeah, like it was tough for me. Um, honestly, like I contemplated quitting the game, you know, um, but and I remember going home crying, telling my mom, like, yo, like I got cut two years in a row. Um, like, I don't know if I should do it anymore. And she was just encouraging me, like, yo, just keep going. Like, she always used to say Michael Jordan got cut in, in high school. So that kind of, like, gave me hope to keep going. You know what I'm saying? So um, so her, her, through her, through her help and um, stuff like that, I just continued to train throughout the summer. I got in a uh, Catholic league. You know, since I got cut, I got in the Catholic League, got my confidence up, um, did pretty good in that league. And then from there, eighth grade year, I tried back out. Um, and not many people noticed. I actually made the team, but I played, they put me on JV. Um, so I was one of the only eighth graders on JV, you know. Um, so that, it, like, I was finally glad to make the team, but, like, that hurt, too, you know what I'm saying? Because right. all my friends, you know, who were in my grade, are all in eighth grade, they're all on varsity, and they're like, yo, you're you're playing with seventh and sixth graders on JV. So, I mean, I just embraced it. You know, I was happy to finally make the team, but, um, but yeah, I did still have a chip on my shoulder, like, yo, um, I, you know, I have to try to move up to uh, varsity. Um, so I actually never got to move up. I asked the coach, I was like, hey, I'm an eighth grader. I'm trying to get ready for high school. Can I get on varsity? And the opportunities just never came. So I just, I use that as motivation. And ever since then, like, and I'm think looking back at it, like today I'm thankful for that because like that chip on my shoulder is still on my shoulder. And it's helped me through, you know, the obstacles that I went through in high school. And it's, it's going to continue to help me. So, like, yeah, man, it, it was it was crazy. But I'm grateful for that. I think that I, I wish people would understand that. So that's technically like three years of kind of a yeah. stab, right? Like three years, mm -hmm. not just two. You got cut twice. But the third year, like you said, it was almost kind of like, a, okay, here you go. But you're going to go on to JV. And it's like, man, like. There we go again. It's another another stab. But what I, what I appreciate about your story, and I'm super inspired by it, is the fact that you stayed true to yourself. Like, you knew. Like, there's kids who have a reality that sets in, and they say, no, nah, dude, I'm not, I'm not there. You know, I'm just not there. That's not going to be it. But you knew that you could compete. You knew you could compete. You knew you were good enough to do it. You just needed to keep putting the work in, and your time would come. Mm -hmm. But you had to stay true to yourself. And I, and I, I respect that about you, that you kept moving forward. Um, you mentioned you joined a Catholic league and what you said there was um, that you gained some confidence. If you could tell the younger athletes right now, Matt, maybe those who are in middle school or, you know, early high school days, how important is confidence in your ability to compete? You might be the most athletic guy on the court, but how important, how important is confidence for you? It's like, it's, I, I honestly feel like it's the most important skill to have in basketball or in life. Just like, 
confidence. Like if you don't believe in yourself first, like um, you won't be able to achieve anything that you're trying to achieve, you know, like um, without confidence, like there's just, it's just like, you can put in so much work in by yourself and everything, but if you're in the game and you're just like, you don't believe in yourself, then you, you know, you won't be successful. So I would say confidence is the number one skill and, yeah, it took me going to play in the Catholic League just to, you know, gain confidence. Like, um, it was a school called IHM. That's who I played for. And that coach, he embraced me. He put the ball in my hands. You know, I was a point guard. So I basically ran the show. And, like, just those experiences, those games um, had me just, like, feeling like, yeah, like, I can play. You know, I can play at a high level. Um, and then – just for the young athletes out there, like you don't even have to play in a league. Sometimes it's just going to the park and, you know, going to the park, playing five on five and just, I don't know, bringing, bringing the ball down the court, making a move and scoring a layup. Like that, that, that type of stuff, the little stuff like that goes a long way into building confidence. And over time, if you continue to put in the work and continue to, you know, do little things like, I don't know, like, play one-on-one against, you know, someone who might be better than you or just play at a local park. That stuff over time will help you gain confidence. I love that. I love that advice. That's that's such an important concept. I, I want the kids to know, like, if you want to keep playing, you can't just hope that it's going to happen. You've got to go do something, right. put yourself out there. But you'd be surprised if you can go do that. Like, I love the idea of go to a local park and play. You know, bring the ball up the court, have the ball in your hands and make a move or something and just – Gain that confidence little by little because that's going to be so important. What I've, what I've talked like when I talked to Walter Bond and Chris Childs and Jerry Stackhouse and Roberto Bergerson and and uh, Randy Livingston, these guys who played in the NBA. One of the things like especially Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse talked about confidence like that was like one of the biggest things for him. He might not have been the best guy. He came into the NBA with a lot of people didn't know. Um, I had to talk to him about this, but a lot of people didn't know that Jerry Stackhouse came into the NBA and he was drafted as a as a guard, but he played his whole entire life as a as a four. So he was playing the forward. Well, he gets drafted in the NBA, high round draft pick, like very high draft pick, goes to the – and now he's all of a sudden guarding guys on the wing. He's guarding guys that were like like Allen Houston, Reggie Miller, these types of guys that were legends in the NBA. And he's not used to playing defense on the wing. He's used to playing defense in the post. And um, he was talking about how, how important confidence was for him, even though he was new to the whole entire thing and he was getting like just torched day in and day out at first because he wasn't used to it. Uh, his confidence level was so high, and that's what kept him going. So confidence is huge. Now, Matt, going into high school, what like what was your your confidence level like going into high school after those three years prior, where it wasn't necessarily what you wanted it to be? Um, yeah. So going into high school as a freshman, um, so my confidence was iffy. You know, like one 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 part of myself knew that I could play at a high level, but then another part of myself was like, oh, I don't have the experience, you know, I've only played JV. And, you know, as a freshman going into high school, you know, you want to play varsity. I'll, I'll just be honest. Every freshman wants to play varsity or JV. Um, so that was my goal. And um, coming in, um, I started off on freshman. Um, I played pretty good throughout the season. I actually, I, I started on the freshman team. So that was actually, um, you know, it helped me, like, uh, from a confidence standpoint. Um, the coach, like I said, I was the point guard, so 
Um, I was basically running the show on freshman, and then I, I played pretty good throughout the season, gaining the experience. Then I got moved up to JV towards the end of the, uh, my freshman year. So um, definitely um, from middle school um, to high school, I had that same chip on my shoulder. Some of my middle school teammates were on my um, – on my high school team and then some of the teams that we played um some of my middle school teammates were on that that team too so i had a chip on uh, my shoulder uh coming in so that definitely um sparked that i dig that it it seems like that's kind of a constant theme right now for you like having a chip on your shoulder but being able to utilize that for motivation some people when they when they feel the pressure they got a chip on their shoulder. They don't know how to utilize that correctly, and that's when you'll see their their careers going a tailspin. But you obviously were able to utilize that the proper way for the motivation and the determination. Now, talk to me about this, Matt. I want to know about your your when you were in high school and you're going through your journey, and you now you made the freshman team. You're starting and you're doing your thing. What was your work workout ethic like? Your work ethic and your workouts. What was your routine like? Um, what what did a day look like for Matt as you were going through each year? trying to compete. I mean, it's a student athlete, but what did your like work ethic look like in regards to the basketball court? Yeah. So high school, um, you know, so I went to practice, you know, so, uh, had practice and basically tr- within practice, try to work on some things, uh, in the team aspect. And then also after, um, either before practice or after practice, I would try to, um, either if it was in my gym or, in my neighborhood park, just go by myself or with one of my brothers and just work on something I needed to uh, fix, you know? So if I had a game, uh, you know, a previous game, I would evaluate my play and and just um, work on the things that I, you know, lacked in that game, you know what I'm saying? So um, it was always for me, just trying to find time also by myself to put in work um, because sometimes in a team practice in high school, you know, you might not get as much, as much shots as you would like. And, you know, you guys might not do drills that um, work on something that, or work, or work on one of your weaknesses. So definitely like if you're a high, if you're watching, if you're a high school athlete, just um, make sure you put in the work by yourself too not just at practice. So, yeah. I dig that. You're not the first person to ever say something to that effect too. So I want those, like you just said, any high schooler listening to this right now, take note because Matt knows what it takes. Uh, when we had lawyer Driggs, he, he plays for Tarleton state now down in Texas, but he's from Idaho. He talked about that too. He was like, Hey, you know, in the mornings I go in, I have to get 500 shots up a day. Um, and mm-hmm. that can take an hour and a half to two hours at times. And that, that's that you have to understand that's going to take a minute <laughs> to get the shots up but you're not going to get that in the team practice. The team practice is for the team. You have to also work on your individual skills because that's going to be important as well. You have to continue to sharpen every edge. And so that was one of the things he had to do in the mornings. Then you go to school and then you have team practice in the afternoon. And that's just kind of how it was for him on a daily basis. Obviously, you know the same concept. You've got to find time to work on it by yourself. So Matt, as you go through high school, at what point did you actually have, I mean, you went from this pretty rough middle school experience now you're in high school but at what point did you say okay now i actually think i can play at the next level even not not just the high school level not just the varsity level but at the next level 
when did that start clicking into your mind and, and, and you realize like, Hey, I can actually do this. Um, yeah. So it was like my junior year. Um, my junior year was okay. Um, I was still, so that was my, my junior year was my first full year of varsity. Um, my minutes were up and down, but towards the end of my junior year, I had a solid like five games, I would say. And then from there playing AAU that summer and going into my senior year, I knew I could play at the next level. Um, AAU definitely helped with my, um, my confidence and just like um, playing against people that were just like bigger and, you know, uh, more skilled than high school athletes and coming up in Wilmington, Delaware, like, um, you know, we used to travel all over the place, you know, AAU, I used to travel to Vegas, New Jersey. Um, we've, we've, I don't know, I can't even, we've, we went everywhere. Um, so yeah, so playing against those type of uh, players and, you know, we played every weekend, even weekdays. So just doing that consistently, just, I knew I could, I knew I could play at the next level. Man, I am so glad you brought that up. I didn't even have to ask you that question, but now I'm going to kind of branch off of that because I coach at the club level uh, for AAU club ball. Um, we travel around and I'm amazed at some of the athletes. I've already known that. I mean, I'm, I've been around the basketball scene my whole life, played ball my whole life. And uh, so I, I know that there's athletes everywhere, but it's crazy what that can do for for an athlete when you get matched up with some of these guys that might be going d1 you never know that there's some d1 prospects or some you know high level prospects out of different states and 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 some of these guys that i'm coaching matt i'm like even this year we were in vegas as well and you know there's a kid who's a freshman in california you know he's like six six already freshman kid who was their main guy on their team and i'm coaching 16 17 year old kids that are going into their junior years some of them going to their senior years and i'm like holy cow, this guy is like literally dominating the court. And he's a freshman in high school. He's just coming right out of middle school. That's absurd. Um, so tell me, like, let's branch off that a little bit and, and talk about the AAU scene because you mentioned it, it gives you confidence. What do you think the biggest thing AAU helped you with outside of confidence? Was it skill set? Was it um, adversity? Was it strength? Like, what, what did you did you learn how to play a different part of your game? What would you say about like the AAU slash club ball scene? Yeah, AAU taught me a lot, honestly. Like, um, it taught me how to um, – I feel like it definitely prepared me for college because, like, on my AAU team, everyone on my team was capable, you know. We all came from the same uh, state, but we were all, like, one of the best players from our perspective high schools. So, one, it taught me how to play with – people who are just as skilled as me Two, it helped definitely um, playing against people that were bigger and better. Like, like if you, um, you know, like I said, scoring against like a, I don't know, like a seven footer or a six, five point guard, like that can do a lot for your confidence. Um, and then playing like, you know, we had coaches, um, there was, we had tournaments where there's coaches like lined up just watching. And, you know, as a kid, you're just like, you know, you try to focus on the game, but then it's like, oh, like that pressure, like, yo, I, I won a scholarship, so I got to go off. Like that, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like that just pressure 
it, it, it helps, you know, it helps, uh, you know, for your, for the future, you know what I'm saying? If you're in a tight game and, you know, everyone's watching, you know, online or something like that, like playing, playing at a high pressure, high stake game like that prepares you, um, not just in, in the, in the present, but in the future. So definitely those three things like, um, prepared me. And it, it's probably so much other uh, things that AAU taught me, but AAU is definitely, um, I feel like it's key for a young athlete, especially if you're a Hooper. 100%, man. I love yeah. that response. Yeah. yeah. That is so awesome. And you know, it's funny about the AAU ball, and all of us know this, if we've competed in it or we've coached in it, whatever it is there's some big time peaks and valleys and that's the reality of anything in life. That's the reality of sports, especially you got peaks and valleys, but there's some big ones. Like you'll, you'll win a game that's really close and then you'll get housed by 30, 40 points. Then you'll go play another one. And it's like, you have to figure out, <laughs> dude. you've got to figure out how to level out yourself and keep your emotions in check. Cause you'll be, the, you have the highest of highs the next literally an hour later, you have the lowest of lows and you got to get ready to play another game. And you, you go through a lot of emotions. We call it weathering the storm. Just being able to be like, okay, everything's going crazy. The momentum shifted. We just lost this game by 30. Are we really that bad? We just beat two teams and we lose by 30. I want to know from your perspective, Matt, just in sports in general, whether it be AAU, going through all the stuff you've gone through up until now, how do you weather the storm? How do you best prepare to weather those types of storms, those peaks and valleys that come at you in the sports world? Yeah, that, I mean, like you said, like AAU definitely taught me highs and lows. I mean, we used to get blown out by 40 and then win by 40 and you might have a great game and a bad game but um even till today like you know i just try to um never get too high or too low that's a big thing um you always want to stay level headed you know you don't want to get too high you know and you don't want to get too low on yourself. I was definitely one of those where I used to get low on myself just because of you know, you put in so much work, you know, uh, throughout the year. And if you don't perform well, you get hard on yourself. But I always try to have like a next play mentality in life and in basketball. Like you just got to keep moving forward. Like that's the only way. That's the only way to continue to grow and continue to um, just be successful. Like, you know, Tough times are going to come. I just try to learn from it. So if I have a bad game, you know, I try not to just get hard on myself. Yes, I have to um, critique myself and see what I can do better. But you learn from it and just keep moving forward. So the hard times, the, the lows of life, you just learn from it and see what you can do better and then just grow from it. It should make you better. So I dig it. The next play mentality is super important. It's easier said than done. Um, but once you get your mindset to that spot where you've trained yourself, you prepared yourself for that next play mentality in life in general, like it, it will become something that's just constant, uh, whether it's sports or life. Now, Matt, what, what um, made you make the decision to go to Lycoming? Had you ever heard of this school before? Uh, and how did you end up over there? Yeah, <laughs> this is a, this is a story. So, um, all right. So my whole senior year, um, I had a pretty good season. Like I averaged at least like, I think 14, um, I got a second team all conference. Um, 
uh, I was snubbed from the All-Star game in my state, and I still remember that. But other than that, it was a successful year. Um, but I still didn't have any offers. Like, you can ask anyone in my family, like, every year or um, throughout that summer, I would email tons of schools with my film, with a nice little paragraph, um, just, you know, explaining who I am. But nothing really, you know, um, came out of it. You know, a lot of coaches said they weren't interested or they had a – they already had their spots open. So I tried to go to various camps, got a little bit of interest from it, but nothing really fell through. So, you know, I stayed with my AAU coach and stayed with my AAU team throughout my senior year. Um, or, no, my, my, after my high school season, I continued to play um, AAU as a senior. So I was one of the oldest players on my AU team. And then, yeah, I just continued to play. I played every game like it was my last because I was fighting to keep my basketball dream alive, you know. Um, so finally, like, you know, we played from April to late July. So late July and one of the last uh, games of my uh, senior, just like of my it could have been my career. <laughs> One of my last games of my career, um, we finally, or I finally got an offer from Mike Comey. Um, our coach, Mike McGarvey, uh, he saw me play. It was around like nine o'clock at night. If we're all, for anyone who plays AU knows like nine o'clock at night on a Saturday night, like coaches aren't really in the building anymore. They probably left, but Luckily, he was there, you know, and I, we actually were losing, and I helped um, my team come back. We, we, ended, we ended up losing, but, like, just my, I guess, my energy and the plays that I were making to help my team come back, it, it uh, attracted McGarvey. And, you know, he called me the, the, next, the next morning, and he said he was interested in uh, – you know, I just felt like weight came off my shoulders because I was so stressed out. I was telling my mom, like, if I don't if I don't get an offer by the end of the summer, I might either have to quit playing or go to school just as a regular student or try to walk on somewhere. But, you know, luckily, and I thank God, like, luckily, um, he gave me an opportunity. And from there, uh, it's been great. But, you know, that's how I got recruited to, to – that is so awesome man it is just the story of your career i mean it is just like the unknowns and you just have to keep trusting the process and hoping that like someone's gonna see it and what that just showed me matt was that you never know who's watching you never know who might be there that's what i tell a lot of the kids that i'm coaching too especially if they start getting a pissy attitude during the middle of a game or something i'm Mm -hmm. like you better pick your head up right now because I don't care if a coach sees the coach, you're the player, right? Like you're the player. You better be putting out an effort, whether you're losing or not, and keep your head up and stop acting like a piss ass. So like, I always tell them, I'm like, you never know who might be watching here. It could be a junior college coach that just happens to be sitting in the stands that you don't even know that they're a coach. They're just chilling there. Mm-hmm. It could be a D1 coach that's sitting there with a clipboard. You never know, and uh, or somebody's catching a live stream because grandma's filming it on their Facebook Live, and maybe a coach catches that. You never know who was watching 
And so that's why it's important to always put your best effort in, continuously put in the work, regardless of the situation. Um, and if anything, it just helps you get better anyways. If no one's watching, great, but you go and put the time in and it, and it helps you for the future. You go over to Lycoming. What a that's a sweet that could be like a whole entire podcast in and of itself. I'm sure yeah. we break down the details. But um, as you get into Lycoming, Matt, the reason your your story was so impressive to me, and I got to give a shout out to Untold Athletes, the Instagram page. I've talked about them before. They they bring out some amazing stories. Yours was one of them. That's where I caught it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. A uh, record setting game happened um, when you're at Lycoming. So talk to us about that. I want you to be the one to explain that piece of the uh, story yeah so um yeah in my freshman year i yeah i hit 11 threes um it was honestly crazy that game was fun like i felt in control everything was just clicking for me um it was towards the end of the year we didn't really have a good year as a team um uh, i had a pretty good year, you know, coming in as a freshman. Um, but that game was just like my breakout game. Um, I knew it was coming. Uh, my coach, he kept uh, feeding, you know, confidence into me. And uh, actually before the game, you know, me and my coach, McGarvey, we always, you know, get a quick workout in before each and every game. Um, and that morning, I remember he was just saying like, you're going to have a big game. And I'm like, really? You think so? I was like, I was, uh, he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So it's crazy. Um, I just came in um, and just three after three, uh, they were leaving me open. They were, I think they were playing two, three uh, hood college. They're, they're known to play two, three. So I knew I would have my, you know, my, uh, my shots open. So um, I think I had like, if I can remember, I think I had four in the first and then the rest of them came in the second um, half. And yeah, man, it was just honestly crazy. I like, I wish I could just go over and uh, do it again, but it felt great to just, like, I, I never knew, I never thought I'd, you know, get a school record for 11 threes, but it was amazing, honestly. That's so cool. From getting yeah. from all your middle school experience, getting cut twice, getting put on JV as an eighth grader, to then setting a, a school record for for that, um, that is just so cool. And it, as a shooter myself, so like I, I always that's the reason I was drawn to that story because I'm just a, I'm a shooter. Um, I shoot. I'm a volume shooter. I shoot a lot of threes. And that's how I've always been my whole entire life. Even at the age of 33, right now, I, I shoot a lot of threes. When we play in our, our city leagues and stuff so forth and, and all of our tournaments i love shooting so when i see a shooter go off and i see a story about a shooter i'm like yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> i always tell my kids i'm like dude you'll never beat me i'm the best shooter in idaho hands down like no one will ever be i always give give my players a, a little laugh that way but i always also tell them and it's funny you just said that i had no idea about this part of the story the two three zone anytime i'm coaching and a team goes in a two three zone i'm like guys you better light them up. That is a shooter's dream. I don't yeah. know why anyone, anyone would ever go in a 2-3 zone if you got shooters on the court. That is a shooter's dream. So I had no idea that was part of the story, but that makes sense too because it's like you're a shooter. You see the 2-3, you're like, oh, dude, I'm about to eat all uh, day, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's so awesome, Matt. So now you're in your junior year. Is that correct? Senior. 
you're, you're a senior this year. Okay, so yeah. what are the expectations for you guys going into your final year of college ball? And what are, what do you expect, Matt, moving forward? What should we expect to see from Matt uh, moving forward with your, your basketball career and in life in general? Yeah. Um, so as a team, you know, we're expecting to build off of our success that we've had current, uh, previously. Like my sophomore year, we won our conference, um, made it to the NCAA tournament. Junior year was a COVID year. We only had seven games, but we actually won our conference again. So we're back-to-back champions. So this year we're just looking to build off of it. Um, you know, we know we have a target on our backs. So, you know, we know we can't be uh, we can't be um, complacent. So it's just striving to get to the next level for us. Um, individually, you know, you're going to see you, um, you know, just the same like hard work. Um, you're going to see someone who's hungry. Like I'm, I'm still hungry for more. Um, and yeah, man, like, so in the future, I don't know what the future holds yet, um, but definitely it's going to be great. Um, but uh, we'll see what God has in store for me. But, you know, just know that big things are coming. You know, that's all I can say right now. <laughs> you know what I like about you, Matt, is the fact that you're a man of faith, which I think is so awesome. But there's also the the verse stated in the Bible, faith without works is dead. And so you, you're a man of faith. You, you put your trust in God. But you also put in the work because you know that faith without works is dead. So you're going to trust in his plan, but you're going to put in the work and do your part of it, too, so that his will will be done. You know what I mean? And so I think it's so cool to to hear you, you know, share your story. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do accomplish. And, and I want to ask you one last question as we get ready to wrap it up here. What is the biggest life lesson that sports have taught you, Matt, in your life? The biggest life lesson? Um, it's a lot of them. But I would say um, the biggest life lesson is just to, um, throughout the highs and lows, just to keep pushing no matter what, keep moving forward. Um, you know, there's a lot of things are going to happen. And, um, you know, um, highs and lows, like a lot of things won't go in your favor. But, you know, as long as you just continue to put the work in, Put your head down. Don't listen to outside noise. Don't compare yourself to other people. Um, you'll be all right. So that's what I would say. I dig it. What an awesome conversation, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, where you go, whether it's basketball, whether, you know, you, you know, you, you decide to hang them up one day, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in life, Matt. And I'm just grateful that you joined me and, and shared your story. I look forward to just you know, building that relationship too after the podcast is over. And, uh, yes, man, I just, I just look forward to it, brother. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining the show today. No problem, man. Appreciate you for having me on. Um, it, it was an honor, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope the listeners, I hope you guys like this one. Uh, make sure to leave me a review. Let us know what you thought about Matt's story. And, hey, subscribe to the podcast and tune in because we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.